3: I'll tell you this. I appreciate Canty and Carlin's time. We'll bring the guys in in just a second. Draft two hours away. Mel and Todd have IV fluids hooked up to them at ESPN in Kansas City. And our ESPN Radio crew is going to join us in a second. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Randy Scott. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. The guys are live in Kansas City in the special ESPN Radio war room. Canty and Carlin. Can you hear me on
4: Canty and Carlin? <laughs> is the caller there? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Randy I, I, and the Hammer. <laughs> Holding it down for us. What's up guys? You know what? I don't like the sound of that. It's like they could step in at like any second. Randy and the Hammer. I don't yeah. need that. I mean, we were already got teed
5: up for their show. Yeah, don't need yeah. To do I that. I mean,
4: <laughs> l- listen, we uh, we'd have a jingle. Right
5: <laughs> Randy and the
3: Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> ESPN Radio. Um, guys, describe the, uh, we'll get to the Lamar thing in just a second, but describe, please, the scene, if you can, in the war room where you're going to be doing our ESPN Radio draft coverage starting at 7 o'clock Eastern on most of these ESPN Radio stations.
5: Well, Hammer, before I even describe the scene here at the draft site, we got to talk about the scene at the official league hotel, which is where we're staying at. Uh, as a show unit I, I mean when you stepped down in the lobby this afternoon I didn't know if we were uh, going in a wedding whether it was the prom or whether it was the NFL draft <laughs> because of all of the outfits but not only the players but for their families and friends it, it, it's a tremendous scene there's a lot of energy around and and a lot of good vibes man because you're talking about these guys being on the verge of accomplishing a lifelong dream and so it's cool
4: to feel that energy here in Kansas City. Uh, as far as the energy here in the room it's seven men sitting around one giant desk with two monitors in a ballroom the the anticipation is palpable <laughs> what is that smell i, I mean, bet that it, room smells seven. that is a question that we're going to be asking by tomorrow i would say about seven o'clock wow
0: what is
5: that smell
0: i'll tell,
4: I tell you what randy
5: we know the smell around Lamar Jackson. It smells like money. <laughs> it money. smells like money. Can't hide money. That's the smell around Lamar Jackson right now. <laughs> That's what I was.
0: That was my question because you, obviously you're there for one thing. You're there for the draft, and this bombshell happens to me a full month ahead of schedule. But here we are. I'm wondering how it's being received, considering it's against the backdrop of the biggest night of the NFL calendar so far.
5: Well, here's the thing, Randy. We knew that the Baltimore Ravens were up against it in terms of figuring out what their plan at quarterback was going to be for 2023. Now, the draft is one of those inflection points that you have to look at and say this applies pressure back on the Baltimore Ravens to get something done because they need to know who's going to be under center for them. And if they couldn't come with a best and final offer for Lamar today – then there probably was a strong chance that they would have to consider taking a quarterback in the first round of this year's NFL draft. But the fact of the matter is they got the deal done, and, and now they can they can make other plans in terms of shaping the rest of their roster. And so in looking at it, it's just something that makes sense for both sides. The Jalen Hurts deal helped establish a framework. The reports are that it's more of a traditional structure and not the outlier, so to speak, with the Deshaun Watson contract. So uh, I guess it's a deal where both sides – Feel comfortable moving forward with both sides left something on the table, but uh, that's the sign of a good deal.
3: Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We're talking with Canty and Carlin. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Randy Scott. Um, Carlin, let me ask it this way: I mean, what what do you think moved Lamar off the demand of the fully guaranteed Deshaun
4: Watson plus concept? Well, I, I think you get to a point where you see the Jalen Hurts deal. And you see where it's probably headed with the other guys who are about to get paid. And you have to wonder, where is it going to fall? Am I am I fighting an uphill battle that I'm not going to win? Um, I, I think he got to a number that he was comfortable enough with. And I also think that you're talking about a quarterback that is still very much, or not even still, is very much the beginning of his prime. And so a few years down the road, that could project to getting Renegotiated or a a new deal once again if he's able to find his way to stay healthy. Now, what's the best way for that to happen? It's for the Ravens to protect him better and to help him run the football. And if you got a couple of other uh, helpers in that draft uh, in regards to that, if you got a running back, not in the first round necessarily, but if you got a running back in the second or third round, if you got uh, another offensive lineman, I think that would go a long way to helping him out. And my guess would be, in part of this, and Chris, you, you can speak to this better than me. You know, with what they did with Odell, and what they probably let him in on what their plans were here the next couple of days, that probably helps quite a bit too.
5: With well, that. well, yeah, I'd be surprised if, with the implementation of Todd Monken's offense, that they don't look for more playmakers on the edge of that offense. They, they've got to find somebody other than Odell to be a threat down the field. It's been proven that you can't rely on Rashad Bateman or Devin Duvernay to stay healthy. So I think having another playmaker on the outside goes a long ways to keeping Lamar upright by being able to get the ball out of his hands quickly with guys that can win early in the down. I think that makes a world of difference. The only problem is based on where the Ravens are sitting in the draft at, um, what is it, the, 20, the Baltimore Ravens, what, we, the 20, we had it. 2030? the 20-second the pick. I mean, yeah. you're talking about a, a receiver class that that's, doesn't have a lot of depth when we start talking about the premium guys. So I, I just think that they would have to you know, potentially move up the draft board if they're going to get their hands on one of the top couple of pass, pass catchers in this draft, Zay Flowers or Jackson Smith and Jigba.
0: Okay, maybe, though, they go the free agent route. Or, no, rather, maybe they go the trade route. There are Ravens fans who called in earlier. There are chesty Ravens fans right now on social media who are acting like DeAndre Hopkins is getting fitted for his purple jersey now. That this deal is all but done, all but official, and I'm wondering if that does come to pass, what sort of a fit you see both with this quarterback and with Munkin's system.
5: Well, if they trade for D. Hop, it ain't going to be tonight because DeAndre Hopkins ain't going to fetch that kind of that kind of that kind of draft capital, considering what the contract is looking at—nineteen and a half million dollars over the next two, like nineteen and a half million dollar salary for the next two seasons. That's a lot to stomach for a player in DeAndre Hopkins' stage of his career. So I, I just think the Ravens need to consider adding another younger pass catcher to go along with the more veteran pass catcher in Odell Beckham Jr. Can I
4: give you a guy that you can look at later on, maybe? Uh, not later on as in third or fourth round. Maybe late one if they slid back a little bit or early two if they can get into that mix. But Jameer Gibbs would really help them a lot from, from Alabama. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. as a pass catcher from, from you know, from out of the backfield he is i had one uh, individual just describe him to me as lightning and somebody that we can't possibly uh, guard against when when he's uh, evaluating talent called him a generational zone runner mm. and a difference maker in the pass game. Mm-hmm. So well, if you're talking it, about that, that kind of guy's going to help an awful lot, especially if he's lining up next to Lamar in the backfield.
3: And Chris, their backs, they have not been able to keep their running backs healthy. I mean, Jay really Dobbins, it just feels yeah. like it's been hurt forever. All right, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Aaron Goldhammer, Randy Scott, talking to the guys. They're live in Kansas City, and they will be a part of ESPN Radio's NFL draft coverage coming up 7 o'clock Eastern here on most of these ESPN radio stations. Let's talk about the draft. We know with just about complete certainty that Bryce Young is going to be the first pick, so it feels like this starts at two. And guys, i got to say, I, I've heard so many mixed things about what the heck the Texans are doing on the ground there. What's your sense of where they're leaning, quarterback or
5: defensive player? I think it's going to be defensive player, guys, and I'm just reading the tea leaves. This is not any inside information, although we did get the Jay Glazer report that the original plan for the Chicago Bears was to trade back to two and allow the Texans to move up to one before they traded with the Carolina Panthers at nine. They Mm -hmm. went ahead and did the deal directly with the Carolina Panthers, so to me, that kind of gives you some insight as to how Houston feels about the quarterbacks not named Bryce Young in this draft class. And so in seeing that, I have a hard time envisioning that this team would take a guy that they don't have conviction on. I think they're leaning toward a defensive player knowing that their new head coach has a six-year contract and them having a lot of runway as an organization in order to figure out who's going to be their franchise quarterback for the future. I'm not saying I agree with that strategy, but it feels like that's the direction that the Houston Texans are going with, at least with that number two overall pick.
4: You know, if you're in a position that the Texans are, and you don't feel that good about one of those players, whoever the defensive player is that they pick better be a game-breaker type. Better be Nick Bosa. Better be somebody like that. Because mm. I, I think the, the level is Stroud and Young, uh, not necessarily in that order those two and then the other three. I,
5: I will say this. If you think about that franchise's history, 2006, mm-hmm. Charlie Casserly had the decision who he's going to take with the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in that Houston area wanted him to take Vince Young. Uh-huh. A lot of people wanted him to take Reggie Bush. Mm-hmm. He ended up taking Mario Williams. Uh-huh. Ended up being the right pick. Uh-huh. I- I'm not saying that, that, that that's what they're going to do, but I'm just saying the history of the franchise, they've shown even when they do need a quarterback that they will stick with the best player available. So we'll see if this iteration of the Texans' front office Decides to follow a similar path.
0: I want to stick to the quarterbacks, and not just because Canty. Uh, we've been listening to sound of your co-host trashing Will Levis,
4: like tra- oh, see,
0: trashing that Will is. Levis to Matt Jones. See, <laughs> Character assassination. Can't to... you
4: tell when somebody's trying to break another man's <laughs> spirit? That's all I was doing yesterday. Uh,
0: but I, I'm curious why we are so high. Not we, but the, it, seemingly it's a, a clear number three quarterback is Will Levis, and a clear number four is Anthony Richardson. And the knock against Richardson is the small sample size. Fine. But when the sample size of Levis trends so starkly in the wrong direction, the longer he's in college, why are we so clearly in favor of one quarterback over another when the ceiling is higher and everything that jumps off to you measurable-wise just jumps off the screen compared to a guy whose turnovers got worse the more he played?
4: I think because you're talking about a quarterback who had how many? I think it was five touchdown runs of 45 yards or more mm-hmm. in in the season. I think that's why they're talking that way about Richardson. Now, what scares me about Richardson is the inaccuracy. The, yeah. You know, you can you can throw for less than 50% completion percentage in a game or two. You do it four or five times, that's a trend. And that's what would really bother me. Now, if there is something that we have seen over the last few years, you can improve when it comes to accuracy. Jalen Hurts went and did that last off season. And certainly Josh Allen did it a few years ago, and that was a real concern. With Levis, uh, he can move around, he can do all the things, and I I just want to know how it went so differently in in this past season than the year before, and was it all based in his health and also the players that went into the league that they lost on that team?
5: Yeah, I think that that helps to explain – A lot of the struggles that we saw from levis he wasn't fully healthy in 2022 and you're talking about an exodus of nfl caliber talent in 2021 so i mean i I just i look at the player i look at the pedigree his great grandfather was an all-american at cornell won a national title and became the head coach at colgate Hobart College, of course, and then uh, and then Brown, his father. I'm sorry, say it louder. Hobart College. Yeah, Hobart thank College. You. All right. Proud alum over We're here. Ringing Hobart. the statesman yeah. Hobart over College, here, buddy boy. I mean, his father played tight end at Denison College, <laughs> and then his mom is an all American soccer player at Yale. So, I mean, you're talking about an athletic family. So, that pedigree coupled with his competitiveness and the fact that he's a gym rat, I think is going to make him a good fit. Now, A lot of him realizing his full potential in the National Football League is going to depend on the infrastructure around him. But I think if he gets in the right situation, you're talking about a team that's going to get a guy that's going to give you above-average quarterback play for the next decade plus. Canty and Carlin on
3: Canty and Carlin, and they're going to be anchoring ESPN Radio's draft coverage. It starts 7 o'clock Eastern in about 45 minutes from now on most of these ESPN Radio stations. Guys, i got to say, I think what's happened to C.J. Stroud over the last two weeks is pretty unfair. Um, this is a guy who in January everybody thought was going to be the number one pick in the draft. And then we go through this whole process and we have a way of just picking guys apart. And there's no such thing as a perfect prospect. But the way he played against Georgia, I don't know. I think it's kind of dumb based on the results of a test or something like that to really knock him. And I think there's a little character assassination going on. Canty, where do you think he's going to end up going? And do you think my assessment is right that he's been treated a little bit unfairly here in the last few weeks?
5: Yeah, I, I think the, the, the S2 cognition test score being leaked out there is unfair to him and the rest of the players. Uh, and I get that front offices want to justify why they make certain th- decisions. And that's why that stuff gets out there. But it's wrong for it to happen on the eve of the NFL draft and knowing the influence that that has, the narrative that's placed around these dudes. C.J. is a tremendous football player, and when it comes to his ability to be able to process information, I don't need the S2 cognition test to tell me whether or not he can do the job. All you got to do is look at what he did in the red zone, and that's the area of the field where things speed up C.J. Stroud last year, 25 touchdowns to one interception in the red zone. That's a better touchdown-interception ratio in the red zone than Bryce Young, who's the presumptive number one overall pick. So, guys, he can process information. The guy has shown a commitment to being able to understand the playbook and to go out there and execute it at the high level. And I think the thing that we saw in the college football playoff semifinal is that there's elite-level athleticism at the quarterback position. When he had to get away from Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith, he was able to do that, uncover and and, and wait for his receivers to to open up downfield and deliver the ball with accuracy, whether he's in the pocket or out of the pocket. So in terms of all of the things that you're going to ask him to do at the next level against NFL caliber talent, he showed that he can do that. So I I don't have any questions about C.J. Stroud. If I was an NFL team, he would be my number one quarterback on the board.
4: Red zone, red zone, red zone. You just gave some of the numbers. That's where I'm at with it. I mean, C.J. Stroud has proven – uh, that he can get it done in that de- in that department, and that is the number one thing that you look at when you talk about recognizing things fast. And that that cognitive test thing—I'll take the cognitive test that he took all last season and the year before, by the way.
0: All right, guys. Uh, but before we get you out, a bold prediction. For the night, like it, one thing, a guy off the beaten path, a guy who's going to fall, guy's going to go higher. You take it anywhere you want. It's one of those choose your own adventure books. All right,
5: maybe. Randy, my Randy, my bold prediction: yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles have the tenth overall pick and the thirtieth overall pick. They won't make either one of those selections. The okay. Philadelphia Eagles okay. are on, are only going to make one first round pick this year, and I think it's it's probably going to be inside of where they're picking right now. Uh, inside the top 10.
4: I, I'm along those lines similar, so basically Canty just stole my uh, <laughs> thing. It, it, just that the Eagles, I think if Jalen Carter gets to around five, that's where the questions start to get asked, right? The Eagles love Jalen Carter, um, and they have always built from within. Uh, I would not be shocked to see them, just to follow up on Canty, to move up to, to take him. Yep. Um. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked for that. And then I, I guess, you know, the as far as the quarterback thing, I, I think Hendon Hooker's going to go higher than people think. Mm. I, I'll say top 20. Uh, wow. So I don't know that that Jeez. fifth quarterback to trade back into the first round will be yeah. there in that place to get that fifth-year option.
3: Do, does he have to sense. use the crutches to go up and hug the commissioner? I mean, a guy coming off an injury like that who's that age, boy, that'll be fascinating to see. Who is With most the amount of money to...
4: that he's going to have as being a first-round
3: pick, somebody can carry him.
5: <laughs>
6: wow. <Yeah.
3: laughs> Who is most likely to spill
4: something on themselves during the game? Oh, there's no question. I'm, it's, we've been here an hour. It's an upset I have Are you guys
5: kidding me? Collins already got a bib on. <laughs> I, the guy seriously. is wearing a bib right now. <laughs>
4: Outside the hotel, I dropped my iced coffee when I was saying hello to Pizza Cone. in the it show it here. Didn't,
5: guys, he didn't take his bib off from when he had lunch in Kansas City. You know he had to try out the barbecue. He just left the bib on coming mm. into the draft
4: warm room. Chrissy he like wingy. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. <laughs> yes, he do. He. So, so, does, so does Aaron, but he's stuck eating chips and guac in his basement right now. <laughs> doing the show. Guys, uh, let's uh, allow oh, you man. to rest your voices and get you to stop talking because coming up about 40 minutes from now, you're going to be doing a lot of that. That is Chris Canty and Chris Carlin joining us on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Have fun tonight, boys. Thanks. Thanks, thanks, guys. Who's going to go first? Will Levis, Bryce Young. Who's it going to be? Find out. The 2023 NFL Draft is on ESPN Radio. It is presented by Boost Mobile. First round coverage starts 7 o'clock Eastern on most ESPN Radio stations and... You can also listen on SiriusXM Channel 80. Up next, we talk draft and betting with Doug Kazarian. Our plays of the night are next. Canty and Carlin with Aaron Goldhammer and Randy Scott's on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
1: Robert Half research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
6: Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty
1: and Carlin, the podcast.
3: Canty and Carlin are on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. We are neither Canty nor Carlin. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Randy Scott. We are presented by... Progressive Insurance, and it is time for us to bring in Doug Kazarian, ESPN betting analyst. You can follow him on Twitter at Doug ESPN. That's at Doug ESPN. And Doug, let's start with the Lamar Jackson news from today. He is back in Baltimore. How has that affected the betting lines in the AFC and for the Super Bowl?
2: Yeah, good to be with on you. Good to be on with you guys. Sorry, easy for me to say. Um, You know it, it. it's always thought about that this was going to happen. So their futures have only moved a little bit 30 to one to 25 to one. So odds makers expected it, but a little bit of a bump just when it becomes official in terms of the playoffs. I mean, remember they're, they're over, under an eight and a half. They have the maybe most competitive division in all of football. Now that the Browns have Deshaun Watson full off season, there, Joe Burrow and the Bengals another year better. And the Steelers have their quarterback of the future after being in a little bit of a transition period. So, there's a lot to like about every team in this division, but they are minus 150 to make the playoffs. That translates to a 60% chance. So if you think there's a better than 60% chance Baltimore makes the playoffs this year, then minus 150 would be a advantage play.
0: I'm curious about the line movement here, Doug, on the first day of the NFL draft. Um, and where you've seen the wildest line movement today, I thought I saw something, and again, this is, Speculative borderline reckless. I thought I saw something uh charting Will Anderson's odds of being the number two overall pick and that there was significant movement even from this morning to current numbers. What what can you tell us about how today has moved around a little bit?
2: Yeah, earlier in the week was the big story was the Reddit post, right? For Will Levis to go number one and everything moved in the in that market and then Bryce Young got as low as like 800 or 700, so he'll be the number one pick. Now he's minus 2,000. A couple days later, you're right, this morning, the story of the day is the huge line move from Will Anderson about plus $3 last night to minus 330 right now. And this is just mock drafts, reports, people connecting dots. And this market moves aggressively. Things will go back and forth. We've seen Anthony Richardson move a lot as well in terms of his over under, a draft position of four and a half. It was heavily favored to the over minus 350, come down, and now it's almost a coin flip but a little bit more juice to the over minus 140 range. And it's a a different market. It's unlike anything else, a completely different animal because, you know, the Celtics-Hawks game may move a half point here and there, but it's not going to all of a sudden be Hawks minus 10 at home after being a 7-point underdog. But we're seeing that kind of line movement in the draft because it's a lot of misinformation. McShea last week playfully called it lying season on our show. And so it's all about aggregating information, understanding team needs, trades. We saw, obviously, uh, the big one with the number one overall pick a month or so ago, but we've seen maybe Tennessee moving up to the number three spot to replace with Arizona. So all these things have a domino effect, and then we just don't know who teams prefer. It is a certainly art and science to this, but that's why we're seeing such drastic line moves, and maybe uh, they're accurate, but maybe they're inaccurate.
3: On the... Odds to be a first-round pick, there are some guys right on the border between, you know, are they going to be first-rounders? Are they going to fall? Are they going to drop to the second round? Have you identified a guy who maybe isn't in a lot of mocks for the first round, but who you think is going to end up, Doug, being a first-round pick?
2: So that's that's a good question, and you want to find balance in those situations. It's right? something that we probably all know, but we kind of forget to put it this way. The farther you get away from the first pick, the harder it is to predict. So let's face it, the top 10, a lot easier to predict than the bottom 10, right? You just know guys, it's their value, they're not going to slide too far. You just know who they are. But at the bottom half, you really don't, right? And it's all about positional need. We've seen often running backs not the leader of the of the index to be the first running back. Now, obviously, B. John Robinson going to be the first running back because he's going to be around 10 to 15. But like a couple of years ago, Clyde Edwards-Elair snuck into the first round. He was not the favorite so, end of the first round is when you see a lot of curveballs, and that's where you can really target uh, opportunities, to your point. And I like to target positions that aren't a premium, like safety or linebacker. So, I like Trenton Simpson out of Clemson. He's a total stud, kind of like a hybrid. And so, if a team has a, a fit and a need, almost like a Buda Baker kind of role, like a, a hybrid role, they can that guy, even though he's not the favorite to be the first linebacker, that team at like pick twenty five or whatever may just prefer him for a better fit for their defense. So I like Simpson at plus three eighty to sneak into the first round. I think that's a good value. Now there's a guy that McShea loves, Avila, uh, Steve Avila. He's a guard, but he may be awesome. Like he's he didn't give up a single snap all last year for TCU. He's plus one seventy, so that's that's a flyer I took because I think he's that highly regarded and it's not a deep O line draft, like the first one, may not go until like nine or ten, and where we typically see some of the top picks out of the offensive line. So I think Avila could be a good play as well.
0: Avila, I'm just scribbling these down. Hold on one second, Dukasarian. <laughs> no, are there other are there other ways of approaching this? As we're really short on time, uh, you know, before the start of the draft itself, but maybe in in, in future drafts, just another way of approaching it that maybe uh, your typical casual better uh, wouldn't look at the draft. You know, I I learned this year that you can bet by conference on some platforms. Yeah,
2: no, it's 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 a different animal. So like anything oddsmakers want to provide for their customers, something that has high interest, and obviously the draft has a lot of interest. But it's unlike any other market, like I explained. And so just proceed with caution. Maybe you want to do an entire first-round bet, like total number of SEC players, things like that. But I would just say like, it definitely requires a lot of time and understanding it, so follow the market before you bet it but do follow up the market because it is fascinating. And we talked about some line moves already, but um, these things move all of a sudden, like one little nugget may slip out and like the Will Anderson thing that he's, you know, Mel and Cod redid their mock drafts this afternoon because they now, they both put Anderson at number two. It sounds like Houston's going to be going there. Nothing guaranteed, of course. And I believe someone else said this. I thought it was a really interesting point of the top eight teams in the draft. I want to say four are new front offices within the last two years. So we don't know their track record. Like Seattle, we think Carter's going to go there. Pete Carroll doesn't mind off the field. You know, he can work through that, but we don't know about the other front offices. We don't know if they're going to be scared away. I mean, last year, the Texans took Stingley, and he had some injury history, and that's been an issue. So you think the last thing they're going to do is take Wilson at number two, given they kind of got burned in, in, in a way by Stingley. They want the safer pick of Will Anderson. So there's so many kind of nuances to this. You don't know which is going to matter once that – So front office coaches and drafts and scouts all get in the same room and make that ultimate decision. So tread lightly, be careful, but it is a lot of fun, and there's value to be had because these odds makers don't have a baseline. Like I said, the Hawks-Celtics game, they don't have an entire 82-game regular season to kind of base the point spread off. This is all just information and opinions of human beings. So the market is very volatile, and therefore it provides opportunity.
3: Our play of the night with Doug Kazarian, ESPN betting analyst. Give us one you really like for the draft, Doug.
2: All right, so I, would, I wouldn't say I'm dying on this hill. I'm living on this hill. <laughs> um, I like <laughs> Kincaid to be the first. Uh, Dalton Kincaid to be the first tight end. You can get about a plus one forty or so. About three weeks ago, this was minus two twenty, and for whatever reason, the market just fell in love with Mayor. And he was like 280 this morning's favorite. Now he's only minus 140. So I think the market is finally coming back to Kincaid. He's a Travis Kelsey clone. Mayor's great. Great, like, traffic ball catcher. But Kincaid is special, too. I think they both go in the first round. And I, who am I to go against Mel Kuyper and that wonderful hair? Because he mocked, um, <laughs> mocked Mayor ahead of Kincaid. But he did say Kincaid could go higher to, like, the Packers at 13. But I'm going to take the plus money on the guy who I think is the better, like, just difference maker in the passing game mayor is more of a blocker and pass catcher but i like in at plus money i have to take it i just think the market move was wrong i'm gonna sort of hold my ground firm here thank you doug appreciate the time all right have a good one fellas enjoy the draft
3: thanks buddy that is doug kazarian espn betting analyst joining us here on canty and carlin on espn radio up next cap or no cap mlb tells the braves to stop celebrating home runs With a big hat, we debate and discuss. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Randy Scott. Canty and Carlin are at ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
6: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app.
2: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast.
3: Canty and Carlin, ESPN radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer, Randy Scott. We're in for the guys. The guys are coming up. 7 o'clock Eastern time. NFL draft coverage starts right here on most of these ESPN radio sessions. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Make sure your family is well taken care of with life insurance. Protect your phones, your laptops and more with electronic device insurance, and cover your furry friends with pet health insurance from Progressive. Major League Baseball is embracing some fun, finally, Randy. You know, more bad flips, and you got the pitch clock, and some cool new rules. But they are coming in and policing the Braves. They don't want them celebrating the home runs with the big hat anymore. Can you explain what their issues are with a big hat?
0: All right, so we all know the big hat. We all know that uh, you know it is cartoonishly large. It's great to see professional athletes rock it. Apparently though it's not made by New Era. And New Era is the manufacturer, the official on-field cap. So I think New Era was kind of like, "Hey, it'd be great if all caps, you know, if what if we got what we're paying for as this official manufacturer." So I think it's I think it's sort of a conflict of interest with who outfits every player in Major League Baseball.
3: But Man, but how about how about New Era makes a big cap? Well, what
0: do Step we do? up your game New Era. <laughs> what about the samurai celebratory hat that the Angels wear when they when they make a when, when you know when when they hit a home run they have a massively heavy head or a heavy helmet like does New Era make that? No.
3: No, no, but that's not a cap. Like New Era is the official cap of the NF uh, of the uh, Major League Baseball, I guess, and that's Fine. that's they don't make samurai helmets. Three and out, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Randy Scott. Uh, NBA tonight. Jason Tatum and the Celtics are going to try to clinch this series against the Atlanta Hawks, where they had a three nothing series lead, and now they are in trouble at three games to two. Are the Celtics showing some weakness here, Randy, are they just kind of messing around? They're
0: playing with their food, Aaron. Um, it's a continuation of an issue uh, for the second half of the season, quite honestly, after the hot start under Joe Mazzulla. Uh, they had trouble closing games out. They had trouble closing teams out. Their good is still better, in my opinion, than anybody in basketball. It is. Um, when when Jalen Brown is doing what he did, and that's what's so frustrating, is Jalen Brown's performance in Game 5 was worthy of a knockout blow but defensively he showed some lapses on Trey Young specifically in that game winning bucket game winning yeah. three and yep. uh you know they're not getting to the free throw line the way they were earlier in the series and defensively the effort's not there i think they thought they were going to cruise to that win in boston and i be honest man don't let atlanta win tonight don't let atlanta win tonight step on their throats keep it you know keep the pressure on throughout run away and hide and you know rest your starters in the fourth if you can
3: I'll tell you what, the four seed uh, went down much easier than the seven and eight seeds are in the Eastern Conference. Mm. Um, and by the way, I, I said it was 3 nothing. It was 2-0 and then 2-1 and then 3-1 lead for Boston. Just want to be factually correct <laughs> as we're doing three and out here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. All right, prospects tonight are deciding to do a variety of things. Do you go to the draft? You get to go up on stage. You get to hug the commissioner. You get to wear the cool suit. Or Randy, would you stay home, watch on your couch? Would you go uh fishing? Would you go hiking? What would you do if you were a prospect oh, slated to go in the top ten? Would you be at the draft or would you be somewhere else?
0: In the top ten? So you're telling me worst I could fall would be ten? Or are you telling me? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you there's that no guarantee, all the mocks right? have
3: you as a top ten pick, I'm but there. there's no guarantee. I'm there, yeah. man.
0: I'm at the draft. I want to go across that stage. I want to get the Awkward hat that I have to sort of bend the brim. I want to dap up the commish or pick him up in a big, you know, bear hug or you know, put him on my oh so, over so, my so shoulder. Wait,
3: so what? What's the cutoff? So if you're expected to go top fifteen, top twenty, you're top, afraid of being the guy stuck in the green room.
0: I, I you know, it really does depend on your forecast. It because it, it, if it, top twenty, top twenty five, I'm there. You know what I mean? But if you're if you if you're projected to be top ten and you start sliding to twenty five. Then you're this cautionary footage that we see of Brady Quinn and that awful haircut or Aaron Rodgers and that awful soul patch. You know what I mean? Like the facial hair was questionable back yeah, in the day.
3: It's like, who do I want to hug at one of the coolest moments in my life? Do I want to hug my mom and my wife or do I want to hug Roger Goodell? <laughs> I think I'll go ahead and hug my mom and my <laughs> And my wife, especially in this, you know, people say the pandemic's over. But can you imagine one of these prospects has it, gives it to Goodell. Goodell gives it to all the players. Oh, my God. I'm keeping my circle (laughs) tight. I'm staying at home. I don't see the appeal of hugging Roger Goodell. And I'm wearing sweatpants rather than some fancy schmancy suit. I want to be with my family and friends when I get drafted. I don't need to be in some giant room in Kansas City.
0: You've given this a lot of thought. And, uh. And I feel underprepared. I feel like I brought a knife to a to a grenade fight just now. I feel like I I, I didn't have the proper analysis of it. Well done, well really, done.
3: You, you want to hug Roger Goodell? I, it's the most wooden odd <laughs> hug there is. I mean, your you parents could be
0: there. Your wife can be there too.
3: Is he, but hold on, is he a good hugger? Does it look like a oh. nice warm embrace to you, or it's does only, it look like kind of a cold you only, know hard? Hey, eh, only one way to find out. Draft coverage is coming up next. Canty, Carlin, Mike Tannenbaum, the whole crew will be with you and take you through the first round of the draft. That is next. This has been Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
2: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.